Hey, everybody, this is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warrior women who've gone through absolute caca give you advice on how to get to the other side of yours. I'm so excited about having today with me Lisa Gornell, who is a total rock star super, superstar, and I've really been looking forward to this interview. Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It is my honor. And Lisa, I'm going to hand you the mic and ask you to introduce yourself. So tell us who you are and where you're from and what keeps you busy during the day, assuming that you're busy and maybe you're not. I am busy. <laughs> but I'm a spiritual medium healer and intuitive energy coach. I've been in business since 2002. I was born with the ability to become one with your energy so I can feel and sense what you're holding on to and why and how to let it go. And I'm busy during the day working. I'm a mom. I've been married for 17 years. So life definitely tries to pull me in all sorts of directions. So balance is key. That sounds really, you sound really busy. And I want to just ask right off the cuff, if you are feeling people's energy and knowing what they're holding on to, how does that, I'm wondering, because I don't have that ability. That's not something that I was born with. And I'm wondering, how does that like, not that you know how, what it's like not to, to, not to feel that way, but I'm just wondering, like, does it make you busy in, in an extra kind of a way? I think at this point in my life, I've learned to not pick up everything. So if I'm sitting at a restaurant and somebody walks by and the people that I'm sitting with might be like, what did you just read? I've gotten to the point where I try not to, if it's not for me and I'm not helping in that moment, I try not to pick it up. That doesn't yeah. mean that I still don't see it and sense it and read it. I'm just trying not to cognitively like put it into my brain and put it into words. I can relate to that on, on, on some level. So I, for 20 years, I've been an editor, a book editor. And sometimes when people send me emails, they're like, oh, you must be looking at the grammar in my messages. And I feel kind of intimidated or self-conscious. And I say to them, look, when I'm reading emails, I just like, I don't really, I'm not editing people's grammar when I'm not on the clock. You know what I mean? That's not fun. No, no. <laughs> yeah. that's not fun. No. <laughs> okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so that, that is so fascinating. What you do is so fascinating and I'm psyched to hear more about it. Um, and my next question is, so Lisa, as you know, this is a podcast by and for women who've gone through some rough stuff, traumatic stuff, like complete and total caca. So I want to ask you if you would please share with us kind of a summary of the caca that you have gone through and what was the worst part for you? So I've been through a lot of caca in my life, but what I'm going to share with the audience today was stepping into my truth because when I was growing up with my intuitive abilities, they were not what was considered normal. I couldn't tell you if the card was red or black. I couldn't tell you what the tarot card was. I couldn't tell you what the lottery numbers were, where your lost times were. That wasn't my ability and gift. And so I was kind of ignored as I didn't have anything as a kid. So even though I was seeing spirits and I was seeing all this other stuff, I didn't know. And so I could see past lives. I thought I wanted to be a nurse. And so I went to nursing school and in my senior year, I made a complete career transition where my whole family thought I was absolutely insane to the point where some of my family members still don't quite know what I do. Some people are still finding out that I wrote books. So for me, my biggest transformation that I overcame was it didn't matter what everybody else thought, what their plan was for me or what they thought I should do. I was given these abilities and these gifts and I can't tell you how much energy work I did to get to the point that I'm at today where I can have these books published and be posting on social media and doing these podcast interviews because that's not what was okay when I was younger. Sure. That's, that must have been so incredibly painful 
And I'm wondering how did, when you were doing a lot of energy work to, to get to the place where you are now, were you doing most of that energy work on your own? Were you doing most of your energy work with the help of other folks who do something similar to you or how did that break down kind of? So I've not been able to find in all my years somebody who does exactly what I do, but I found pieces who were able to do, you know, they could do a part of it. And what I found is that I was able to learn from them and do more. Some of them were not good people. So there were those experiences as well that I had to overcome where you opened yourself up to somebody that was going to help you and they left you feeling worse than when you went to see them in the first place. So all of that has really enhanced my practice. And now, I mean, I'll, I'll go get massage, I'll get acupuncture, and I do have a Reiki master that I like to see. But for the most part, I do my own energy work. I'm really good at getting objective and knowing what I have to clear and not picking up on other people's beliefs and, and knowing that God, universe, source gave me this vision gave me these abilities and gifts and it's my job to step into that fully and not let all that other stuff hold me back any longer. Incredible. I have another question that just bubbled to the surface for me. What, what has it been like? You said you've been married for 17 years, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what has, what has it been like for you and your spouse to get used to each other in terms of, um, in terms of your abilities to read energy and, you know, know what your spouse <laughs> He's holding on to and letting go of and how how has that been in terms of like a level of of acceptance and and perhaps creating boundaries in your relationship so my husband and I met when I was 20 he was 22 and I hadn't done the Reiki training yet so I was able to see things and sense things and know things but not in the way that I'm always on now I felt like I could turn it off more before I had the Reiki one attunement which is not a normal byproduct that I had. They, when I went back to my mom and I told her what happened, she actually went back to the Reiki community and they told me to turn it off. So my boyfriend, now husband, was with me when all of that was happening. Yeah. So he watched me transform. Like we were at the beach in San Jose. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. We were at the beach in San Jose and I was like seeing these surfers and all this energy and all this stuff. And he was watching everything that I could already do a little bit. It was just like totally imploding. So I've gotten to the point where I only really intercede and tell him things if it's going to directly affect really our finances. So fascinating. <laughs> I let him have his injuries. I'll let him get sick. I'll kind of let him do his thing. And then when it starts to directly impede on me, I'll suggest you need to do this or that or whatever. <laughs> and how does he generally respond to that? Is he like, Oh, okay, here it is again. Okay. No problem. I mean, he, I would, I would imagine I, 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 you'll answer the question, but I would imagine that like, that he would appreciate, he would appreciate that you've kind of set some limits in that way. He does. I think sometimes he feels neglected because I spend so much time with my clients and then my kids and like, mm -hmm. you know, so at the end of the day, I'm kind of done and I want to be off, but he'll, he'll, you know, he's an entrepreneur too. So he'll sit down and be like, well, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this? And then I'll tune in and tell him. And sometimes he likes my answer and sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. And then he'll make a decision, you know, and from there we proceed and go forward. Yeah, that's really incredible. So getting back to what you were talking about, um, the experience that you went through coming into your truth and discovering your truth. And, and, it's, and this is not a word that you use, but I would also say advocating for your truth since, mm -hmm. since you are living your truth in your, in your work and in your, in your life every single day. Um, the question that I wanted to ask is, it sounds like it sounds like that must have been, it's one thing if 
if our truth is something that most people would consider to be normal, you know, mm -hmm. that, that people are used to, or that especially that, that people or society would be likely to approve of, like, my truth is I want to be a pediatrician and oh, yeah. have a heterosexual marriage and have children, you know, <laughs> people will be like, wow, that's a great truth. Awesome. Yeah. But what I, what I believe very strongly is that coming into ourselves and, and coming into our truth, even if it creates a situation when we have to make decisions and when we have to create boundaries and limits or limitations that, um, that are good for us, but other people might not approve of, or that actually might really be a revolution in all of our relationships in some kind of way, it creates a kind of strength mm -hmm. that would probably not come about if the dream is to become a pediatrician and have sort of a, you know, a traditional life, if you will. Yeah. Well, and that's transferred into my work. I feel like I really empower my clients. So as gifted as I am energetically and intuitively, I'm not the come to me and I'm going to help you communicate with that loved one, or I'm going to tell you everything that's wrong with you. I'm going to teach you how to become aware of what you're doing, what your subconscious programming is, what these patterns are, why you're doing what you're doing. So all of that taught me to teach people instead of me being like, you know, my mom was very invested in psychics when I was growing up. And so I don't want people coming to me in that way either. I want people to step up into their truth and into their power. And we all have intuitive abilities and gifts. We all have the ability to do energy work daily. So my work is really helping you do that. And I got that from my experience. Wow. I want to ask you from where you are right now, having gotten to the other side of what sounds like a, a difficult childhood and so a, a long and very challenging path, yeah. what is the best thing about being on that other side? What's the best thing about being in your true authentic self from where you sit right now? It actually brings tears to my eyes, but I'm free. Like I'm free. I'm not pretending to be somebody that I'm not. I'm not hiding. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm totally free and I can, you know, share my gifts with the world now, which I was not able to do even fully 10 years ago, even though I've been in business since 2002, I was very quiet about how I helped you, you know? Mm. So it's, it's been quite the journey to get to where I am today and I'm free. That's amazing, Lisa. Thank you. Freedom is, that's a big kahuna. That's a mm -hmm. really big one. And what is something, what is something that you are loud about now in terms of here's how I can help you. Here's what I offer. Here's my gift that you're loud about now that maybe five years ago you were not so much. Well, actually telling you that I'm a healer. I didn't claim that even two years ago. I just yeah. started claiming that two years ago. Like I hid before behind like I'm a Reiki master. Or I'm an intuitive energy coach, you know, mm -hmm. now I'll claim I do mindset coaching. I do healing, you know, it is energy healing. So I didn't even, that's all new claiming. It's, it's a constant onion. You're constantly improving and peeling back those layers. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it really does sound as if where you sit right now, you are at that core, like, here I am and this is who I am. I'm so, I'm really happy for you. It brings tears to my eyes too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's, it, I've done a lot of work. And like I said, there were so many stories I could have shared with everyone today, but that was, that was the hardest one that really affected my whole life. Because when I started this work in 2002 and I said I was a coach, people were like, for what, basketball? Because I'm tall. <laughs> yeah. Basketball? And I was like, no. 
Yeah. You know, coaching wasn't what it is today when I started back in 2002. And when you think of energy workers, you think of people wearing like purple and crystals and scarves and they yeah. might be able to help you with something and sometimes they're wrong and they're, you know, they're interpreting it in their own way. And, and I've really been forging a different path. Yeah. Yes. And I, I was going to share that I, I have had a hard time claiming the phrase life coach for myself because of whatever, whatever associations or my perceived associations with that term as being, um, as being superficial or something that's kind of fluffy or, or what have you. So that's a, it's a, a stage of my development that I'm still going through in a profession that's very new to me, even though the profession feels feels absolutely 100% natural to me, as in what I'm actually doing and the gifts that I'm actually offering are very natural to me. But this isn't about me. This is completely <laughs> not about me. I just wanted to mention, like, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really relating to that. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I admire people so much when they have reached the place that you're in, because it affects your posture. It affects the way you move in the world. It, it affects the way that that it affects the people you attract. It's mm -hmm. just incredible. Well, for years, my business was just referral based, you know, and people didn't even know how to describe what I did because I didn't know how to describe what I did. So it was difficult to grow a business when I wasn't even being clear and free on who I was. And so now it's just so much easier, but I had to release all that stuff that was preventing me from claiming it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And speaking of attracting people by virtue of um, where, where we are in terms of our authenticity and the clarity we have in our own identity, one of the things that I've noticed is that brave women with warrior energy who have been on that ultimately painful and traumatic path of peeling away those layers um, or other types of trauma that, that can also create a similar effect um, tend to travel in packs and tend to attract each other. We tend to meet each other. So I'm wondering who, who's somebody who, who has been maybe on this path with you or someone who's been really um, inspirational to you who might be a good guest on this podcast to talk about her journey? So I would like to recommend Jennifer Shaw. She's a warrior. Awesome. Jennifer <laughs> Shaw is a warrior. I'm going to find her. And <laughs> I'm going to say, you're a warrior and Lisa wants me to, to interview you. <laughs> She's ready. She'll, she'll be here. Awesome. Done. Done. So really the essence of this podcast, Lisa, is to ask you, having gone through what you've been through, as well as being an expert who helps other people become authentic and go through difficult journeys, what is one piece of advice, or maybe two, or maybe three, that you would give to women who are going through the caca right now? They're there right now. They do not know how to get to the other side. They don't know if there is another side to get to. So what advice would you give to them? So first of all, there's always another side. Okay. And the first step in getting through the caca is realizing that you don't have to do this anymore. There is another way. You have another choice. And then from there, you don't have to know what the whole path is. You just have to know what your next first step is. And you're always intuitively guided. God, universe, source, whatever you would like to call it, is always guiding you. You'll have this vision in your head of what it is that you want to do and what you want to create. And all you have to do is say yes. 
and the magic will start to happen and things will start to flow in and you'll meet people, experiences will appear in front of you and you can start taking that step by step by step to get to where you're supposed to be. So Lisa, when you say you don't have to do this anymore, which by the way, hearing that for me, the primary emotion that I feel is relief. And I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I, that's what's so funny to me, which is my question, because my inner, my intuition and my gut do know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But in my head, I don't know exactly what you mean when you say you don't have to do this anymore. So when you, when you give that as advice, what do you mean? What's the this? What are people doing that they don't have to do anymore? The thing that they don't want to do anymore whatever that struggle is for them. It might be a relationship. It might be a job. It could be anything. But we all have that thing that you don't want to do anymore that you just keep on doing and plugging away at. And you'll find that you get sick, you injure yourself, you don't feel good, you don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Whatever that this is for you, and it's going to be different for every listener, you don't have to do it anymore. All you have to do is say, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. What's my next step? And it's going to appear. We are always given a roadmap. I wanted to speak and reach people in bigger ways. Now look, here I am. I did a lot of work to get here, but I did it. And here I am. And my family probably doesn't watch my podcast. They probably don't watch my interviews. They probably don't watch any of that. And that's okay. Mm. But I stepped into my truth. I saw this vision that was given to me. And I take steps at it every day. And everybody else can do the same. So would it be fair to say that something that you don't have to do anymore is be worried or stressed or offended or in pain about your family not watching you, watching you speak? I mean, would that be fair? I think for me, it's just believing that I can do what I can do. Mm -hmm. that, would, that would have been the pain. I come from a very analytical family. So mm. there's a few that know. So I can't say it's all of my family. But sometimes my mom will still say, what is it that you do? You know, like I just had a conversation with my dad. He was just visiting me in San Diego last week. He lives in Florida. And he has an injury in his arm. And he thinks he has to have surgery. And I'm like, well, if you think you have to have surgery, then you have to have surgery. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I'm just preparing myself that I'm going to have, you know, when they say it, that way I'm not devastated. And I'm like, but you're creating that by staying that as your reality. And it became a very heated discussion in the car as I was driving. And then I was just like, you know what, dad, then do what you want to do. I operate differently. You know what I mean? Yes. But it's just, they don't, they don't quite get it. They want to support me, but they don't quite get it. Sure. And that's my well, parents. There are a lot of people, well, as, you, as you were saying at the beginning of our conversation, there are a lot of people who don't quite get it and therefore they reject it or they're mm -hmm. scared of it mm -hmm. or both. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are multiple ways of knowing and a lot of people don't get that. And it's also cultural. And here I'm going to geek out. This is, I studied anthropology and this is, the, this is me geeking out on it's, you know, to the extent to which we believe that there are different kinds of knowing is cultural as well as psychological and social and, and all the rest of it. So there are, there, are, there are entire cultures that are much more built around the idea that there are multiple ways of knowing mm -hmm. that don't all involve your, your consciousness or your, your brain, frankly. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. So yeah. whatever your dream is, you can achieve it. And you're given that dream. So if you're not following it, then no one's following it. We're all here for a purpose. So follow it. You'll be guided. It took me a while to get here. If I started in 2002 and I really just started claiming stuff two years ago, I'll let you do the math. That, that took me some time. But it's okay because I was still helping people. It was just in a smaller way. Now I'm helping people in a much broader way. Yeah. Well, that that inspires me and I'm sure it's inspiring other people who are listening right now because I think that so many things that are worth doing and so many so many things that involve living from a place of truth your truth doesn't have a timeline right like truth doesn't have a timeline love doesn't have a timeline so that is is really it's in very inspirational for me to know that this has been a longer journey it's like Toni Morrison didn't, didn't have her first book published, her first book as a writer published. She was an editor, but her first book as a writer published until I think she was in her 50s or maybe her late 40s. But the point is, she, given, given what we know now about Toni Morrison and about what she has done and created and what she has meant to so many people, the beginning of that was in midlife for her. And for me, a lot of it was I wanted to be present for my children. I know that in past lives, I know that I had this fear of leaving my children. Like I needed to be present for them because in so many lives, I left them for whatever my bigger calling was. And so this life, I felt like I really anchored myself down and I had to unanchor myself. You know, my kids are teenagers. I can jet over to Europe. I can go wherever I want right now. Like they can drive me, you know, it's a whole different ballgame. I don't have to be anchored here anymore so it's getting to the root too not only of the beliefs from childhood but other beliefs that you're bringing into this life that are preventing you from stepping up in a bigger way that's amazing and your children i would think could only benefit from that from your example of i mean imagine the difference and this would take me a while but imagine the difference between <laughs> being the child of someone who kind of still has all of those layers of whatever it is surrounding their identity versus being the child of a parent who has, who has gone through that journey and who has figured it out. Yeah. They, I don't know if it's a blessing or if it's a curse, but, <laughs> but we definitely have very open relationships and we're always talking about like, you know, they're in high school. So there's dating and, you know, college and, my younger daughter, she has my abilities and gifts, and I had been trying to just keep her normal for mm -hmm. as long as possible, you know, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And we reached a point where that's no longer working. So I've had to really start helping her and doing more intense energy work. And, you know, but there's things that only she can do because it's the journey of the healer. Like I can let go of so much, but if she keeps calling it back in, right? Because part of the journey of the healer is learning the light from the darkness. Because the darkness is not real, it's an illusion. When we turn on the light, it disappears. And so she can see that darkness and she'll let it come in. And then it's just learning to process it and clear that and let that go. So we have very different conversations, I'm sure, in my house than most households across the country, across the world. <laughs> Boy, do I wish we had another 45 minutes to have a completely different conversation, a completely different podcast about the conversations that you're having with your daughter. I mean... <laughs> 
seriously, like I would invest, I, I could see it being like a book series, you know, like one of those young adult <laughs> <laughs> series of novels. Amazing. Amazing that she has that gift and that you are, and that you're there for her to, to normalize it. And that's what I tell her. I say, babe, look how lucky you are. I, you know, I didn't really have anybody that could support me or help me. And my mom did give me to some healers as I was growing up, but they could only do a piece of what I can do. And it took me a while. It took me until I was 20 to put together all the pieces, you know, and yeah. I'm like, and here I am sitting on your bed. Yeah. You know, let it go. <laughs> your daughter, does she have like the whole suite of what, you know, of, of gifts that you have? Are they, are they sort of this? are they sort of the same ones or like a subset or something different right now she has a subset she doesn't have all of them but she also hasn't been completely aligned so she's still not fully into receiving it like when i got my reiki attunement that fully aligned me mm. and it was all on so i haven't aligned her we're just working on not picking up on other people's stuff right because when i pick up on somebody else's stuff i'm just doubling the energy for no reason mm. you're not responsible for other people's feelings and behaviors that's all on them, right? Because she's an empath. We're all empaths, but she's especially sensitive. So it's just giving her those lessons and then she can see negative energy. And she's got one of my dad's intuitive abilities. She can put a thought in your head. Like when she was little, she'd be like, I want candy. And I would be, I would get this thought in my head. I should give Megan some candy. Wow. And then before I know it, I get this little smile. Mom, can I have some candy? And I'm like, you little bugger. You just put that thought in my head. No, because you put the thought in my head. <laughs> You would have oh, just asked my... me, I probably would have said yes. <laughs> Kids are so good at putting thoughts in their parents' heads. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I have some kind of ability, but I can, I can like, I can sense it. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's an ability. Oh, Not that. everybody can do that. Like, those are your future salespeople, people that can put a thought in your head, like, oh, you need this. This yes, make you and... look so good. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Lisa, what I love about what you said is that what you just said is that everybody is an empath. Mm -hmm. Almost like, I, I mean, almost like there are certain psychological disorders that block empathy from people mm -hmm. um, or that block people from feeling or being able to experience empathy. But for the most part, I, I completely agree with what you said, which is that to be human is to be an empath. To be human is to have the ability, which you may or may not have developed well. That's exactly where it is, whether you've developed or not. Yes. And empathy can be developed. And, mm -hmm. and we all have it. And what I love about that is that, um, is that just like I was saying before and how we've been talking about how there are different types of knowing that, that some people in some societies may consider to be not normal and they don't, they don't know what category to put you in, um, that it is normal to have empathy. It is normal to have intuition. It is normal as a human being. It's one of the most incredible capacities that we have and that we can talk about and that we can be conscious about. And there may be other animals who do as well, but we can actually name it. And we, we have named it. We have language and we've named it. Mm -hmm. And we all, almost all, have access to it. It's a matter of opening up our minds. It's a matter of putting our judgment aside. And it's a matter of listening to parts of ourselves that we maybe have been told not to listen to. Exactly. Anything that gives off energy, you can read the energy. So plants, animals, the earth, right? You can go on a hike and be like, Ooh, something bad happened there. Because the land can give off that energy. 
but we just don't think about it. Nobody talks about it. So you don't know. So you'll be on a walk. You're like, Oh, that feels dirty or icky. I don't want to go over there. Yeah, man. But the reason that it feels dirty or icky is maybe there was a war there. Maybe somebody died there. Maybe, you know, who knows what happened there. Unfortunately, I go on hikes and I see all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, I see that. <laughs> but for most people, we're not aware because we're, we are taught to focus on our mind. Our mind yeah. is the most powerful thing. Our mind is really good at organizing and categorizing, right? This is a table. This is a whatever. But it's not so good at interpreting those intuitions and those insights. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to it until you start to recognize it. So I have another question that just bubbled up that I'm so excited to ask you, which is um, when, Lisa, when you have um, a decision to make that feels important for you, mm-hmm. a kind, kind of like a big decision, do I, don't I, which mm-hmm. of these three, three things do I choose? Um, what kind of, they're kind of two questions, like what kind of knowing, what kind of inner resources do you tend to use? But even more specific, I'm wondering like, what is the role for you that your brain plays that you're, that you know, that you're kind of like logical, um, brain thinking, knowing person? <laughs> like, how yeah, do you- I don't ever use my brain for those decisions. I literally tune in and it's like, it's coming from above and I'm just like, okay, this is what, what do I do? And I'll hear it or I'll know it. Mm-hmm. And then my brain's only job is to acknowledge that information for myself. That's it. Okay. So that is how you use your, that, that's a way of using your brain is to like acknowledge Process it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then, then I don't use my brain to be like, oh, that's crazy or that's out there. Or, that's ridiculous because I've learned to trust my intuition. Mm-hmm. And so when I do that, I know that that's the best path. Sweet. So the, the last question that I ask all of my guests, this is going to be a fun one because the question is, if you could have any superpower that you don't already have. <laughs> that I don't already have. That's the key. <laughs> yeah. That's the key is you can't already have. What would that superpower be for you? You know, like the movie Maleficent where like she's got, like she can do stuff with magic. Like I would like to just be able to like do stuff like that and like see physical tangible results. I have the ability to make people feel calm and put them in white light and help them clear out energy and stuff. But it would be so fun to be like on a Disney show or something to be able to like, like physically see it. Like that would be really fun. And I know this is gonna sound crazy to some, that that's possible on other experiences, but it's not possible on this plane. And so sometimes I get frustrated. That's pretty rad. Like that sounds like <laughs> the pyrotechnics of, of superpowers. <laughs> I would love to be able to do that. To be like, all right, move the car here. Right. Push that away there. Right. You know, we need rain. Let's bring in the rain. Like that would just be so much fun. I can, yeah, I think that would be fun. I think that would be a blast. Like just, I want to create it like, bam, mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Lisa, I have loved this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, where can we find you online? How do we follow you? So you can find me on Lisa Gornell. So G-O-R-N-A-L-L. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. My website is my name. Instagram, I'm Energy Coach Lisa. And on YouTube, Lisa Gornell. Wow. All over the place. Wow. I'm everywhere. Because awesome. I've been in business since 2002. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Yeah. What you've built. It's an empire. So lisagornell.com is your website? Yes. Okay, cool. Fantastic. So that will be in the show notes for those of you who are listening and watching and reading. 
and however it is that you're consuming this podcast, (laughs) we will make sure that you can find Lisa Gornell online. And for now, this is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast. For more info about how to stage an epic comeback in your life after going through a painful experience, please go to theepiccomeback.com.